Well, hello and welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. Uh, recording on the day when City have just lost the Manchester derby, so everybody's not quite in the same um, mood that they might have been had it had been a victory for City. But uh, nevertheless, we're here. We don't hide away. Um, I have to say a big thank you, of course, to Charles Louis, uh, who are a group on who would do advisory business, advice on uh, development finance, mortgage advice, and estate agency. They started out life as a simple mortgage company, offering buy-to-let, first-time buyer, and moving home mortgages. Uh, they now provide a support for the whole property transaction process, including an independent estate agent and an uh, expert commercial financial team and renowned mortgage team. And it might just be that at the moment, now that we're heading towards the end of lockdown, uh, you're starting to think of moving house, uh, finding out about a mortgage, some of the rules change in the budget. Give Dave a call, look at the website, charleslouis.co.uk. Uh, get the number, ring them, and they'll do their best to help you, especially because they'll know you're a City fan if you say that you heard about them on Forever Blue podcast. Now, I'm delighted to say that we have a very, very special guest today, uh, one of my heroes from uh, back in the 80s, a uh, man who I loved watching, saw his brother playing for the team as well, um, but it was Dave Bennett, who was my hero, who went on to score in the FA Cup final for Coventry, and uh, maybe could and maybe should have done it in the 81 Cup final, who knows, could have, would have, should have, it's all gone now, but he played in the FA Cup final in 81, a player I loved watching, who played like a, a free spirit, is that, is that a big enough build-up for you, Dave? Well, keep going, keep going, I, I like it, I might even get my boots back out. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got Paul, who's obviously a podcast regular, and Louisa, so here we are, the three of us, four of us, if you include me as well, to look back, first of all, on the Manchester derby. So Dave is our special guest tonight, let's get your thoughts straight away on that that Manchester derby. Did United deserve to win? Um, was City under power? What, what what went on? Well, they've got to start, what they, they uh, which any team gets a start like that, in the first 43 seconds of penalty, you've got to be on the up. And it took them 10, 15 minutes to get to grips with uh, Man United and the system they played Man United. It suited them to a gra- down to the ground, hitting them on the brakes with Rashford, material up, up front. And um, uh, uh, Bruno just behind them. And uh, every time they got it, they just went at United with pace, which was difficult to defend. And when the, uh, Man City did get the half chance, they didn't hit the target. You know, we had a couple of half chances, maybe could have gone in 1 1. Might have been a different game at half time, but hey, oh, yeah, it's up to him. It, it, you know, the records are there to be broken. They've done brilliant this season. Man United have done brilliant. Everyone keeps going on about and uh, they've played the top six and scored no goals, but uh, the second in the league have done well. They were 23 points behind or 22 points behind Liverpool last year. Now they're uh, uh, further ahead of Liverpool, so they've caught them up. And the second in the league, so you know we, you can't be uh, done that bad if you get beat by second in the league and you're top. You know you got to lose somewhere along the line. When you lose a game like this as a City fan, you look at it in one of two or three different ways. Um, you could say it's just a bad day at the office. Um, you could be more worried of the bigger games to come in the Champions League. Or you could just say, well, it's a derby, uh, form goes out the window. There are, And there probably are other versions of that as well. Some City fans will say with 21 wins in a row, what is there to criticise? And there'll be others saying there was a lot to criticise in that match. Uh, what, what, how do you try and answer all those different comments? Well, you do, and, and being a Manchester lad, you, you've got one side who's blue and one side who's red, no matter which way you, you look at it, 
you, you want to win the derby because it's bragging rights. No matter how many trophies you've got on the on, on the shelf or how many trophies you're going or going going for, you want to win the Manchester derby because uh, oh, you've got a lot of players where I played who were from Manchester. All right, you've got a lot of players playing today. Uh, don't know exactly uh, the meaning of the, the Manchester derby with the atmosphere. Some of them would love the atmosphere. It was a full crowd, full house today. Well, they probably know, you know, get the air standing up on the back of the heads because it's bragging rights. If you're going to go out in Manchester, you, you, you know, you're going one place, it'd be all full of reds and the next place it'll be blue. I remember when I played, we used to have the milkman who was a red and the paper boy was a blue. So, it's, you know, you, you, you had to win and form does go out the window. But in this case, it, it's, it's, they've got bragging rights to this season. The main thing is that it's not really hindered them from uh, going for the league. Let's be honest, back in the days when, when you were a City star, Dave, um, United were top dogs, you know, and so therefore City getting any type of result in a derby match was seen as a, you know, a, almost the cliched, you know, cup victory. Um, is that what it was like for United today? Was that all about them winning their cup final? Because it, it wasn't do or die for City. Did they want it more, United? You could say that. You, you know, we will people will analyse the game in more ways than one, uh, in the sense that uh, they wanted it more, how they've come on, have they improved in, in every aspect of the game? How did Man City play? We could look at Man City, the, uh, the, the team he picked, you know, you, for one for aspect of the game, uh, Sterling versus Wan-Bissaka, the amount of times he's played against him and he, he's been a magnificent duel, but he's never got the best of him at the time. You could have probably put Foden on against him because Foden seems to have, have no fear of playing against him. So, you know, you look at little things uh, and that and you try and analyse them and you break them down. But at the end of the day, uh, I thought they did well, Man United, and you hold the hands up if they won. The best team won on the day. It's about next season. The main thing is that it's not hindered them going for the league. So you... You, you take that and you say, all right, next season it'll be a different game. I'm not going to ask the same questions to you, Paul and, and Louisa, but you've heard what the questions are. So just tell me your thoughts on the derby, starting with the lady, of course. Um, well, I've got a, a Southern red friend and um, he sort of said immediately after, like, sorry. And then he said, but you'll win the league, so who cares? And I was like, you know what, this is the one match of the season, well, <laughs> our two matches, but this is the match of the season that we absolutely care about, that if we lose 20 others, we don't want to lose this match. You um, can't make, was that him or is that you? No, that's him. He said, who cares, right. you're in the league. I absolutely do care about today. I felt physically sick after that game and it's the first time in years that I felt like that. I, I don't know what happened to my emotions with it, but it was awful, an awful feeling straight afterwards. Um, I actually don't think, no, we didn't deserve to win. There were some very magical individual moments that I'm sure we'll go into in a little bit more in depth. But um, generally, we didn't deserve to win. We didn't take the game by the scruff of the neck. I don't think we played like it was a derby. And I feel like they did play like it was a derby this time. Um, and it was actually quite painful to watch in the last stages of the second half, which is probably why I felt sick in the end, because it was it was physically painful to sit there watching us and me shouting so loud I had to close my bedroom window so people couldn't hear me on the street. 
I heard you from here and I'm and I'm miles away. No, I mean I, I, I saw what you were putting in the, the WhatsApp group and you just you just touched on um, w- w- the one comment I would make, the most worrying thing, because obviously there's lots of positives about City. Fantastic run, win after win after win, complete dominance. But there was a little period in that second half where United could have got a, a third, maybe even a fourth goal. And that, that little period where they lost focus, lost concentration. I've just read um, the BBC report of the game and they've given marks to different players. And John Stones has been given over nine out of ten for his performance and was City's best player. Um, whereas I thought he was wandering off upfield, losing position, and was easily shrugged off. So I thought, well, that's that's football, Dave, isn't it? You know, different people watch it in different ways. And, and uh, you know, that, that's not the way I saw it. That's not me having a go at John Stones. But I certainly didn't think that he was nine and a bit out of ten in that performance. Uh, am I no, wrong? No, no, I don't think he was nine out of ten. I don't think he probably played as bad as what you just sort of made me feel like he did. Um, there were definitely some worse players on that pitch today um, that should have been taken off long before that final whistle. But um, there's definitely a couple of players that stand out again for me today, which was Zinchenko. Um, absolutely, when he's allowed to just go a little bit more forward when he is in in a defensive position, the way he can push that ball up and manoeuvre it about around. He's like he's almost like he's a twelfth player because he's that good. He can actually get back anyway into those little defensive roles. Um, and I noticed right at the very beginning he was in more of a defensive role, and obviously he'd probably been told to do that. But then um, you know he started to push up a bit towards the half-time mark, and I thought that made a huge difference. And I did put that. I think I put that into the group chat, um, and I can't remember what else I put in that he might. He questioned more- a lot of the incidents in the game, Kate, which, which some fans listening to this will now say you haven't mentioned this. You haven't mention that first of all did you think that United's penalty was a penalty and did you think which I suspect watching what you'd written in the WhatsApp group you thought City should have had two or three penalties uh, yeah, we should definitely have had penalties. Yeah, and um, it was Adam from the uh, Forever Blue team that um, did show a picture from the front of a Sterling being t- deliberately blocked, tripped up uh, by their defender. And I, I knew even before he put that picture up, I could sense it was a, a penalty and we should have had it. Um, I don't know what the heck Jesus was doing at the beginning. I've really no clue. Um, there's loads and loads of incidents in there that I think should have gone far away and then there's a few that perhaps should have gone for them as well anyway so I don't think it was completely unfair as in bias but there's definitely some outcomes that we should have had a penalty here or we should have had a free kick there or we shouldn't you know there was a a shoulder badge at one point was it on Jesus close uh, in the second half and I felt like it was a literal just a shove straight off the ball which in my view is a is a foul you know Uh, so that should have been rewarded as well um I, I just kind of feel like it I I feel like it maybe should have been a draw more than anything <laughs> I'm going to get Dave's comments before I go to to Paul because I'm a bit worried about Paul's microphone but we'll, we'll try him out in a second but you've just heard what what Louisa said about you know different incidents um as a prof- ex-professional footballer what do you think of the decisions, the key decisions in the game? Well, you're playing some key decisions in the game do change the game. But I didn't think that we did enough to to, to, to warrant them decisions. You know, you, you talk about Shizhenko playing at left back. He's got, they had to hold his position a little bit because they had two fast wingers. They had 
Bashford and James and the minute they broke, as you've seen in, when they had periods of the game, they ran at us. And sometimes they had four against three, uh, five against four. So it was difficult for the fullbacks to push on because they were holding the line that well. And they played to their plan. It was a game plan. The minute they got it, they broke wide, they hit the ball in behind you because we, we play with two at the back, which was a uh, um, stone. And our fullbacks push on and make that extra man. And when they, they counter-attack, it's difficult because you can't keep going gun old that we're going to play that game. So you, you have to give credit to, to the opposition sometimes. They've done their own work and, the, and it worked out too well. It, the, 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 main, the biggest incident of the game was probably the, the penalty in the first 30, 40 seconds, the minute of the game. If, if that game would have allowed to play for maybe 15, 20 minutes and they played that way and uh, Man City could have got a little bit of a, a foothold in the game, then we would have seen maybe a different game. But at, when them scoring so early in the game, it, it, it put a different emphasis on the game and then you, you're sort of chasing the game all the time and, and, and Man United could defend and play to their game plan, which they did. Yeah, so one thing I said in the chat the other day, wasn't it, a few days ago, how um, I didn't, I, we needed a really, really early goal. Then we could try and settle down and hold that ball up. And if Rashford did happen to get the ball and then start charging up the field with it, we were really going to struggle um, on that, on that, on their speed, on their counter attack. And and I, I kind of predicted that that would happen today already. And it, you, you're absolutely right. Um, it was just unfortunate that they were the ones that got that early goal you know because it did sort of put us on the back foot um straight away and I, I've written I did write a couple of things for, for them you know they were they had done their homework they were really playing us they were luring our players into some mistakes you know and into into us tripping up over ourselves you know and they were pushing us back and that you know and as I just said they that we didn't deserve to win they deserved to win they really did so, I'm a little bit surprised that there was a decision that was, uh, you know, obviously the, um, you know, the United goal as to whether there was an offside in the build-up to that. Now, whether it was offside or not uh, isn't the point of what I'm going to make. And you probably know that I'm not a big fan of VAR making decisions on whether an armpit or a toenail's offside. Uh, what I was a little bit surprised, though, was that we never even saw the lines drawn across the pitch or had no knowledge of VAR and how they were looking at that incident. Now, the irony is that I'm not, as I say, a fan of VAR, so I don't particularly want to see that. But whenever we score goals like that, it seems that they are forensically studied, and that one wasn't, and that, that's the thing that puzzled me. Now, Paul's um, gone away and come back again, and it looks like um, a new man now on screen for, for us on on Zoom. So um, you've obviously listened to most of what's been said, Paul. I'm unleashing you now. What have you got to say? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to meet you, Dave. I, uh, I used to uh, love watching you and um, running up the uh, the wings and scoring goals for as many years ago. It was uh, so it's great to speak to you. Um, today we weren't good enough. Um, it's simple as that. It's as simple as that. We weren't at the races. Um, I don't like bringing out individual players and such, but um, Kevin De Bruyne not, was definitely nowhere near it today. He was giving balls away and not being under pressure, stuff like that. So, you know, you, I see it as it is. I don't have, you know, favourites as such. Every single one who puts a City shirt on is an hero to me. So, you know, I completely agree with what you're saying about John Stones. Um, you know, they're, they're overplaying the ball when it just needed oofing. Um United 
typically have their two good games of the season against us. Um, you know, today it was their FA Cup, their World Cup and everything. Um, and Solskjaer seems to be able to bring out something on an occasion when they play City. I've said this so many times before that we're light years ahead of United at the moment, but somehow they managed to, to pull things out. Um, going on to the VAR thing, I mean, that, the, v, the VAR, you know, we always seem to have the, you know, the, the diagrams come out, all the lines are drawn. And I listened to the commentary and they, they didn't even mention the, the, the always, oh, you know, it was like, oh, it was as old Rashford, had, uh, not Rashford, um, um, Sterling had fell over. Um, they didn't even mention it. They didn't even say, oh, VAR, I'll be looking at that. They just browsed over it. We didn't see it. We saw one replay of it. And on both shots, live and the replay, it's a penalty. If you're going to give a penalty at the other end for what happened to uh, to Martial, then you've got to give it to City at this end. You know, forget those bad decisions and, and all the rest of it and all the conspiracy theories. The simple fact is today, we look tired, we look jaded, we didn't look as interested as they were. Um, it was as though it didn't mean much to them. Um, and that's the impression I got today from the performance. Um, it means more to us fans today than it did to them. I know they've got this 21-point uh, thing to, you know, to to hang on to, but uh, to me, they just looked tired today. They, they looked, looked well behind the pace. This is, this is what my concern is. This is what my concern is. And I didn't mean to cut you off then, Dave. You know, I want to hear what you've got to say, absolutely. But this is my concern. Um, most of the games we're playing, and most, actually, Dave, you're the perfect person to answer this. I um, was speaking to David Flickcroft, who's uh, now the um, sporting director at Port Vale, but he's been at Bury and other places. And he was at the Oldham game yesterday that I was lucky enough to attend as a journalist. And as we discussed from two metres apart, obviously, the maths and everything, um, he agreed that the game that he's watching and the game we watched yesterday was 20% below what it would be if fans were in there. Now, I personally think that City's style of play, this this constant passing like a metronome suits this um, this the situation that we're all in at the moment perfectly. It absolutely is is the ideal type of way to play in empty stadiums where you haven't got that extra intensity, where you haven't got that crowd, where you haven't got everything else. Today, this is my concern, we played against a team in Manchester United who didn't come to the Etihad thinking, City are great, they've just won 21 games in a row, it's going to be tough for us today. You know, if we only lose by one or two, it'll be okay. They actually came and went toe-to-toe. Now, I think, and I've said this before, in the vast majority of games that City play, they're actually technically so superior to the opposition that they can play at two-thirds the pace and just get through. The big games to come against potentially Bayern Munich, PSG in the Champions League, maybe even Everton in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, maybe even Tottenham in the uh, in the one-off game at Wembley in the League Cup final. Those will be bigger challenges than Southampton who come on on Wednesday, Fulham who come next weekend, and all the games, most of the games that have been in that run. And the worry is that against one team like United, who really stood up against City. They, I have to say, it felt like they collapsed a little bit. Whatever the, 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 the little bits of the decisions that didn't go the right or the wrong way, mentally, they collapsed a little bit. Am I being unfair? Am I being fair there, Dave? Come on, let you tell us. Well, first first one we we're going to say, uh, when you were saying is uh, the crowd. The crowd have made a, made a major, major importance today uh, on the derby because the derby 
to the, uh, any Manchester derby is about the crowd. The, the, the players who play it or are local lads know the meaning of Manchester derby. Just like, you know, if it was a Liverpool derby. And today, uh, the atmosphere would have been electric. because On that basis, fans... should Foden have played then? Because he's a Manchester lad. Well, uh, how, how, the, how it was set out, I thought he should have played in the left-hand side against uh, uh, and won the passer. Because uh, he, he would have, he knows the meaning of it. He, he, no, no, no disrespect to some of the players they've played in derbies before, but you know the atmosphere of a Manchester derby is electric, uh, and you get out there, you, you, you know about it. You want to, you run through brick walls like the ref was letting a few tackles go today. He was letting a few things go today. Uh, he could carry on as some people think. Oh, he's pushed me. Uh, I want a foul, but he was letting a few things go on today. And you've gone on to, like you mentioned, um, the De Bruyne today. Uh, he played it all right. They, they, they hassled him. They, they get they on top of him. They closed him down. They done the own work. So you could hold your hands up to uh, to Man United in in more ways than one. They did now with us passes. We we played uh, tippy tappy football as, as they say. And I thought we should have speeded it up a little bit. You know, let's get at them like they were getting at us uh, and try to make a, a bit of an open game. But we're not like that. We try to keep the ball. And no matter how many times that we touch the ball, as they say, if you've got the ball, they can't score. But they didn't do that. They they hassled us. They kept us up, uh, uh, at a certain distance. And when they got it, they broke. And they had pace to burn, especially on the wingers. And that's what you've got to watch yourself. Because there's a point in the game today, we could have gone 2-3-0 down, 3-4-0 down. And then we'll have been talking here tonight saying, what happened? What's this? They just defended. Teams are like that are going to do that against us. You'll have Fulham doing that. Tottenham will do that. Everyone will do that against us because they know how Man City plays. So that we've got to find another way now of maybe quickening it up or doing it another way of breaking them down. Can we invite them onto us and then can we counter-attack? You know? Because so teams are going to be like that. Bell? Is that an alarm bell today that for, for if City play Bayern or PSG or something like that in the Champions League? Or, conversely, is it good that City have got that out of the system against United and now will be better prepared when they play those teams in the Champions League? Well, it's something to look at. Something that they, they can uh, to work on. Because teams are like, you can imagine playing Paris Saint-Germain with Matt Papa up, up front. Pace he's got. And if we and he knocks the ball in, in behind, we're not going to catch him. You know what I mean? So they they'll, they will defend and wait for them to get that one chance. And some teams will play for that one chance, score that one goal, and lock up shot. And we've got to break them down. And you, you've seen sometimes today we have uh, uh, so many passes at the edge of the box. We didn't, you know, we could have pulled the trigger a couple of times and had a shot and and, and see what the goalkeeper is like. Which he'll have to probably say to his players next time we play like that. Can we shoot a little bit more? Put the ball into the box a little bit more. Play the second ball. So he, he he'll go away, work on that because teams will do that to us. Teams will want to do that because they know they're not going to get the ball. So they'll want to say they'll keep a guy wide. The minute they knock the ball, we'll knock it in. As you, as you well know, you've seen in, in the game, he changed it. He put uh, Walker on because of his pace. Maybe he could have started because of his pace, you know? And, and it, it, slowed, it slowed them up coming down the left-hand side then when he come on with his pace because they know they couldn't get at him. So he'll have to work at them things and we've got to work at them things. And we, we, it's a learning game all the time, but the crowd today would have made a massive, massive difference in more ways than one. 
before the game, Paul was a little bit nervous. He sent me a message and I said, don't worry, City will stroll it today. Shows what little I know. Uh, the <laughs> fact that they didn't stroll it, does that mean, does that, is that a wake-up call, Paul, for me and Pep? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is, to be honest. I think we've we all got a bit complacent, I think, and, you know, and, and it's been a great, so it's been a great run we've been on and we've been immense. Um, but sometimes, you, you know, I, I wish it wasn't against the uh, United because it hurts. But um, sometimes you just need bringing back down to earth. And I, I'm hoping, you know, taking a positive out of the, all the negatives is that, you know, it has, it has um, flagged the problem up um, and something they can work on now. As I say, I think Pep got it wrong today. I think his team was wrong Um you know, we didn't we didn't have players at the front that was going to get at them, and we didn't have players at the back with pace. Um, I think he got it. I got it wrong looking at their setup. But you know what I mean? It's 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 one of them, isn't it? Liverpool got beat as well, so we can't got to take some out of the game, haven't we? I know a lot of people have talked about Foden, and obviously I've mentioned uh, Foden as well. But for me, Bernardo Silva had to start a game like that. I mean, he's such a hard-working player. I mean, that is the, the definition of how you have to play in a derby, isn't it, Louisa? Yeah, 100%. Um, I agree. You know, I keep chunnering on every few weeks when I'm on about the speed and about changing things. If we are behind, you know, the tippy-tappy then has to just go out of the window and we have to change it up. Um, and absolutely should have been Sterling, Walker and Foden to start because Foden is fast as anything anyway and the minute that penalty went in in the first 40 odd seconds we should have had our fastest players on that pitch to change everything game plan out the window plan b start popping it over their heads while we've got three guys or not walker obviously he's at the back but getting three guys up the front Mares was quite quick today to be honest with you uh, so get the three guys pegging it up the pitch whoever passes it to whoever bang bogs in the net um, I kind of wish uh, Sterling uh, was a bit, well, a lot off his game today. Again, I don't really, well, you don't like to individualise players, do you? But he missed some absolute sitters and that could have been a completely different result as well. Um, you know, I don't think we tested their goalkeeper whatsoever today, apart from Kevin, who did that, you know, absolutely wonderful, amazing free kick that we're not quite sure would it have gone in anyway who knows but you know it still has to be tipped over but we didn't test their keeper and we should be we were right in front of the goal so many times even Foden just kind of missed it just didn't quite turn turn well enough or hit it well enough um we didn't test him and we should have done we should have took advantage of the fact that De Gea wasn't in goal today we should have taken advantage of those couple of minutes that one of their players was off the pitch and they they were down to 10 men we didn't take advantage we were faffing around in the middle of the pitch and then passed it back at one point it's like hang on a minute they're a player down what are you doing pick it up get some speed going and get forward more energy in that reply by Louise than there was in City team sometimes <laughs> today um, I mean what, one of the things I, I heard Gary Neville a couple of City matches ago um, saying that he says that Raheem Sterling has to play on the left I've always been a big fan of him playing on the right you played in as a winger I suppose at times and down the middle Dave where should Sterling be playing? Is Gary Neville right? Am I right? Or is there some other solution to where is his best position? He, he's probably find, wants to find out his best position as well. You've seen him today. He played in the middle, well, later on uh, in today, and he had a chance to head, head, score with his head, and he's made a little bit of a mess of it. But uh, you, you, we, we were going on, we are trying to make little excuses. But today, there was, a, one, there was an instance today which... 
would have changed the game massively in our favour is when it was just after uh, in the second half, just we just started and Rod, uh, Rodrigo had a chance and he's hit the bar. It, it was more easier to hit the target. Now, when you get a chance like that and he's just passing it, hit the target, make the goalie work. If you make the goalie work, you've got a chance and he's hit it. Uh, and then they've gone up the other end and made it 2-0, you know? Now, you know, when things like that happen, it's not going to be your day or and, and the way things were going, it's not going to be our days. And, and, and you hold the hands up. They've done well. Given the, it's, it was just a pity we've had to fall short in such a vital game to Man City fans and everyone. We could have got beat by Fulham today. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have hurt. But because we got beat by Man United, it hurts like you don't know what, you know? No matter where you are, even we're in lockdown, it hurts. You know what I mean? It, that's how much that's how much it hurts us. And we had opportunities to get back in the game. We never took it. But like, like you know, we can, like you say, we could have done this, speed it up. He'll learn from that. And, and hopefully it's the kick up the ass we need because we're going to play teams in the next three or four weeks. I'm going to do the same thing. Let me ask you this question, Dave. If ever anybody would said it to you after a match, it would have been easier for that Dave Bennett to have scored that goal than miss it. How would you have reacted to that? <laughs> you, 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 uh, I, one of the things I never used to do was what, try and watch myself on TV because when you watch yourself on TV, you, you're always criticising yourself. And I, and I would never go to anybody who goes out there to, to miss a chance. You know, you, you always say you should have done this or should have done better because you've been in that situation yourself. So you're always analysing it, always thinking about it. I should have done this with it. If it come again, should I have done that with it? Uh, and and you, you think, oh. And sometimes, like you say with strikers, uh, uh, when they miss a chance, some of them get their heads down and the best strikers think, right, I'm going to score the next one. And they try and get in the position so that at least they're there to miss it. You know, because people look at them, like you say, today with Sterling with his header, a uh, couple of other chances, um, Foden miskicked it in, in the bo box and he had one or two chances when Walker's come in and he could have just played it around the box Jesus up front and they'll always analyse their own game and say that I should have done better with this and so you don't need uh, like sometimes some people to come up and tell you if you care about your game and you care about your team and what you do you will analyse yourself in more ways than one and probably put pick your uh, pieces in your, your play all together, so you just want to get out and play the next game. If Kevin De Bruyne is not playing as well as he has done in the past, which is what Paul suggested a little bit earlier on, is it possible that his ongoing unresolved contract talks can play any part in that, or is that just the way that journalists look at it and it, it will be irrelevant? It's just that he hasn't been playing regularly recently. Well, he's just come back from injury, so he's taking the time to get back into it. Uh, obviously the, the lads were doing magnificent without him. He's come back into a team. He's going to get back in, into the groove. Don't forget he's been on top of his game now for three or four seasons. So for him to, because he's not playing well for the last couple of games, uh, I think that's a bit out of order. But like you say, journalists have got a right column. I've got to say certain things. He'll probably won't like what they say because there's obviously they praise him a lot of time but he'll find he'll it's soul searching he'll find a little bit more about himself he'll know that he's not going through uh, the best time but he'll try and work at it and, and make the simple things that he does do so well 
uh, do them again and he'll get there. He'll, he'll work hard because he wants to work hard. He, he's a player like that. He wants to do his best. He, he, he won't like how he's playing. I don't think any professional will like how they're playing. And I think a player of his calibre with the European Championships coming up in more ways than one, he wants to get it from going into that European Championships, not be out of form. How do you feel now that you've heard that answer, Paul? <clears throat> no, I agree with him, but I still, you know, I'll say as it is, he, he didn't play well today. Um, he's been he's been outstanding for, you know, three or four seasons, as Dave said, but um, today, for me, um, if that had been Zinchenko playing like that or it would have been Mares playing like that or any other player, it had been roasted for it. And um, But, you know, certain players can get away with stuff. I just, you know, it's not a criticism of, of him as such. He's been brilliant for us. But on today's performance, today, um, Kevin De Bruyne was well out, well off par. I, like, I felt like he was sort of a bit, I don't know, I kind of felt like he was a bit sort of holding it up occasionally because the way the rest of the, the players have adapted in his absence, such as when Gundogan was Zinchenko, the way they've hooked up together. And I, I do agree and understand Zinni had to stay behind, you know, defending more today. But the way even Gundogan plays when De Bruyne isn't on the pitch is different to the way he plays when De Bruyne is on the pitch. You know, it seems like the I, I, if, if you individualise each player's possession, De Bruyne probably has more possession than than any other player on the pitch and if that and I kind of think that might have happened today as well and because that happened today I do think it made a, a big impact and a big difference I kind of felt it was held holding it up at some point and um, I'm, I want to go back to what you both said I like uh, to what about Sterling being on the right I, I really like Sterling on the right and whenever he plays on the right we do really really well um, I didn't like Foden being put on the left when he got put on the pitch. I thought if he's going to come on to make a difference, he needs to be in the centre of the pitch. Um, and I kept kept thinking that instead of him being ready in front of goal the way he's best, like Aguero, you wouldn't put Aguero on the left um, and, and sitting back a bit and feeding balls to other players. You'd put Aguero at the front in the centre of the pitch. And I feel that Foden is going to be that replacement when, when it's eventually time. Um, so Foden should have been in the centre at uh, that particular point and we can all sit here thinking that we're team managers and thinking we know best because if we'd have won the game um, would would we be all be telling a different story now would we all have a different point of view or would we be saying oh Pep got it right brilliant playing Foden on the left it was fantastic you know whereas no I think I'd still probably sit a bit uncomfortable with it I like Foden in the middle it took me a long time <laughs> it took me a long time to warm to him and um, the guy's outstanding absolutely outstanding <laughs> What did I say then? <laughs> I must admit, when, when you see um, people after the game on, on social media saying, I knew when I saw that team that things weren't going to do, do well. And yet there have been so many times in the last 21 games where before a game, I've seen somebody said, oh, I don't feel right about this team today. I think he's got it right. And then they just go silent afterwards. And it is the case, isn't it? That when you win, there is nothing wrong. It doesn't matter. He could play Stones on the right-hand side. He could put Sterling in goal. He could put Ford and Dan. It wouldn't matter what he did if they won the game. If they've lost the game, then that's when we go forensically through every decision he's made, the time and the substitutes, the 
did he do this right? And did he? It's just it's just a game, isn't it? It's only one game, but um, as I say, I think that the, the the thing going forward is that they've got big challenges coming up in cup competitions. I think the league is done and dusted. We know that really. It's not it's not about the league. It's about winning these cup competitions, and it's when you come against these big opposition, and who knows. Um, there might even yet still be a few fans in at Wembley for the League Cup final. There might be fans in for the FA Cup final. You know, who in the latter stages of the Champions League, you know, you know, could fans be in and will that make a difference? And suddenly everything changes very dramatically, doesn't it? Gundogan said the other week he hasn't played in front of fans for so long. It'll feel strange when they come back in. So there's so many different factors to, to come into play here. Yeah, I was just I was just listening to you, and, and like we're analysing everything, and we're breaking everything down because of the importance of the game, because it's a derby, and it hurts us hurts us so much because we are city fans and we're born and bred there. But we've got to hold our hands up too that Man United played their system well, given got given respect. They they rolled their luck, and 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 it happened. We've won 21 games on the run. So no matter if we would have won 31 games on the run, the team that beat us, we'd be, we'd be sat here now thinking, why did we get beat by him? You know, and we could have got beat by him by 5-0, but we've won 31 games on the run. So uh, we've won, like I said, we've won 21. So somebody or some team is going to analyse us and say, this is the way we're going to beat him. And this is how we're going to beat him. So we, we do expect to... We expect to lose one game, and 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 now we're here. we're gonna back the lads, and, and and hopefully, when we approach this fence again, we know how to get over it. That's that's the the the, the idea of this game. That we know if we don't go one nil down in in the thirtieth second, in the thirty uh, in the first minute or the thirty first minute, can we then approach that fence and get over it? Uh, and, and make the right changes and play the right system so we can get over it. That's what it's all about. This is still in a learning curve. And it is great that we're so far ahead so we can analyse it and break it down and then push forward as a manager, as a player, because we've got time to do it. If we did, if we were struggling now and probably needed the three points to stay up, would we be saying this? Would we be going through this? No, we've got time where we are 11 points clear, 12 points clear, where if this does come, like you've just said, we've got massive games coming up in the Champions League and other cup games, and they are going to do their own work. And they might do the same thing as Man United do. And can we break it down? Like you say, you, you pick at teams, is he playing? Is he not playing? Or, oh, well, you know what they're going to do? Oh, well, can we break them? Do we move it a little bit quicker? Or do we keep it? Or do we put a little bit of pace? And we're going to have these problems, but we will be able to probably face them a little bit better because uh, we, we, we've come across them as well. Because let's be honest, at the, mo- at, the, at the moment now, it's not Man United they want to beat, they want to beat Man City. You know, Liverpool have gone, they want to beat Man City. Every team wants to beat Man City. We've got a massive game coming up against Fulham. Fulham beat Liverpool today. What are they going to do against us? They're going to try and do the same thing. So can we come overcome that? So, uh, you know... Uh, I'm disappointed as everybody else, but I've got to give give them a little bit of pat on the back on United because they played the system, they got away with it, and they rolled the luck, and they beat us today, you know. And like, uh, uh, if they didn't score in the first minute, we we'd probably be saying, "Oh, they were lucky today, this or that." But they scored in the first minute and defended well, so we've got to say, "Hey, 
at the end of the day, uh, we've got a trophy and they haven't. That's all that matters. I, I agree, though, because that's what I said before about I think we maybe should have had a draw. I don't think we deserve to win that at all, even if we'd have got a couple of the goals in that we could have got in because they played so well. And I'm total agreement with you that, you know, they played magnificent today, United. They really did. Um, and as I said, they played like they were in a derby and they won it. And, and if we'd have lost that game and United would have played terribly and rubbish, then I'd be, I would, I'd be crying. But, you know, United played really, really well and they deserved to win the game. And that's the end of it. And we didn't play as well. So we didn't win it. Is your glass half empty or half full, Paul? Um, I'm, I'm, I've gone back to feeling typical City at the moment. I've been, I've been, watching, been watching them for too long to, to not have... I was nervous before the game and I, te- I text you, didn't I? And I was nervous before the game and I'm now sort of like really subdued. Uh, really fed up about it, and it it really hurts. And I've I've not felt like this for a long time. Um, I, I just I, the concern was that we looked tired. Um, I hope it was just because of you know that's just how United pressurises and put pressure on us because they did. You know, and you've got to, you've got to give them credit. That was you know that was their best performance of the season I, I, from what I've from what I can gather. I don't watch them. Um, but you know, from listening to match reports and what other people say, um, that's probably the best. Ge- that's the best game they've played all season. Um, beginning of the season, um, when we went on that bad run, everybody saying, "Oh, City's been sussed out." You know, uh, th- this is it now. City's been done. Everyone knows how to play against them. And then we went on a twenty-one uh, game run, didn't we? Um, so you know, it is a blip. It-, it really is a blip. A bad day at the office. Whatever you want to say. It just hurts because it's against United. And that's, that's my... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's this, I agree. Switch, it's this switch around that he's done, though, isn't it? He keeps putting players in odd positions or making them play a bit differently. And he did try it right at the very end again with Stones. He actually tried to push him up forward and Stones actually yeah. went for the goal, which was brilliant because that will confuse yeah. the hell out of the opposition, which I think is a fantastic idea. And that's, I think, the key to winning these big matches, these European matches, is to throw a player in that they, they, they haven't studied in that particular position throw a player <laughs> throw stones but further up the pitch it's going to throw them off their game completely and that's that's the trick kick them i love i love the opti- i love the optimism right you're going to forgive me for doing this now but i want to ask dave a few questions about your time at city dave i mean obviously um you just you've just been laughing away there and i always think of you as a player with a smile on your face who really looked like you loved playing football is that how you would sum up, sum up your time at City? Yeah, being a you know a local lad, I went to Burnage Grammar School, just lived up the road, long sight, just around the, down the road from Main Road. Uh, and obviously growing up there and you knew being part of the, uh, uh, the Manchester uh, scene, as they say, you know, the kickbacks and everything, and you, you, your best mates are United fan and you end up playing for them and your mum and dad getting it, you're going through... Of course, it, it, it was hard at the time, but I just loved playing there. I enjoyed it so much and playing with the great players, like I'll have to say, rest in peace, Colin Bell, and getting to know these these guys, you know, and, and, and learning my trade of, 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 of proper players who are legends at the club and you were part of it. It gives me great honour. And, and, and I, I look at the club now, where they've come from or going and still going and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
Uh, it's just been a magnificent uh, ambition that to play from and still to see him going. So I always have a smile on my face because uh, I, I was part of it. When you were a player, you were playing in a team that got to the FA Cup final. And I was very lucky because in 87, when you played for Coventry in the Cup final, I got a ticket. I was in the Coventry end. I mean, I'm a City fan, but I was in the Coventry end watching it. And so the greatest pleasure I got, of course, watching you and David Phillips playing in that Coventry team and winning the FA Cup. Was that the greatest moment of your career? Did that overshadow everything that happened at City or the fact that you're a Manchester boy, is it still City that's more special for you? Well, you, you, you can imagine when parents and that it's my dad's birthday today, actually, bless him. It's, Happy it's birthday also... today, dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, it, 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 the cup final, because I've been there before and, and when I won, when we won the cup at uh, 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 for Coventry City uh, and the players go up to get their um, medals, I was the last one to go up because I stayed behind and I shook every Tottenham player's hand because it was revenge for me. Because uh, when we played in the 80-81 Cup final, there was no way we were going to win the first, no way we were going to lose the first game. It was just going to be a, an incident which happened with with uh, Tommy Wutch and, and we lost the first game, we went to a replay. And then in the second game, a little bit of luck, he's miskicked it with his dribble if you ever watch the goal, he, he kicks it twice, and that's what chucks Joe for the second goal, and uh, we're winning two one. And and I just thought a little bit of uh, you know uh, in hindsight, we should have won that game with the, the young lads, you know, like Tommy Caton, another lad, Wesley Soul, and and Steve McKenzie and Furious, and it could have launched us to bigger things, but it never happened, and 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 the club went a different different way. So in '87, when I had a chance. Uh, to get my revenge, it was so, so uh, uh, what can you say, relieving. Uh, Sweet. In the, yeah, in, in that way, but that I've achieved something. I've, I've not only uh, I've achieved something for my parents, I've achieved something for, for, for my friends who knew me, uh, and I've uh, I've done something in my life. And and to come from where I come from uh, in Manchester, for like what I would say, the ghetto, alongside, you all know where it is, by Bellevue, everything alongside Dickinson Road. <laughs> so to, to, for a lad to come from where he is, and you, you all know, uh, I've achieved something, and no one can take that away from me. So it's a great honour and pride that not only I did it against Tom, but I was getting revenge too. Is there anything from your time at City that we wouldn't know about that happened behind the scenes that you can uh, <laughs> give us a little bit of insight on? <laughs> uh, uh, Peter Swales should have got rid of me. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think anybody would dispute that at all. Uh, Peter Swales always struck me, though, as a, as a bloke who had his heart in the right place but was just out of his depth. Or am I being too kind to him? He'd... Obviously, he had, he, he, he had where he's out on his sleeve and, and a lot of things were going on uh, in more ways than one, a lot of politics. But I'm a young lad, lady, learning the trade. Uh, at the time, I'm just doing my best, working my hardest for, for Manchester City Football Club because I have you know grew up there and, and that was it. But uh, what went on or what took place, I don't know about your stories about them. I don't know how true they are until you find them out. So I can't really answer that question to, to a certain extent. Who are your best mates in that team? Ooh, which one? <laughs> well, any yeah. of the teams that you played in, really. Well, well, City, I mean, obviously City. Well, 
City, obviously, I played in a team where Colin Bell got back after doing his knee. And I think I played in the game where he scored. I think it was Middlesbrough. Scored at home uh, on, his, on his comeback. Then uh, growing up with him, Asa, um, Willie Donnelly, Big Joe, and, and some of the, the older players, Joe Royal, and watching them. And then you you you, you then become a focus because you're playing in the, in the first team and you get... You, you grew up with the young lads like Tommy Kate and Ray Ranson, who was a chairman at, at Compton City, and Tommy Uch. And uh, then you move on, and, and I've got one of my best mates, uh, Roger. So I had some some great, great players I played with and great friends being a local lad, you know. So uh, I couldn't really name, name one uh, player that was really... Uh, close to where I had because I, I had a few of them. To be honest, I was just glad that they, they like coming out with me. <laughs> I used to go out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you that when you talked about the Manchester scene. And um, I remember a club way back, um, it was called Man Alive. Did you ever go in there? Did you ever go oh, that yeah. That, that, yeah, I knew about Man Alive. But the clubs I used to go to them days, it's like uh, Placemate. Remember Placemate? Sam Pipers uh, and, and all that. Remember, the, the, well, Manchester was a big scene them days, but there's only certain clubs you could go to anyway. Never went up to Stratford because you were never allowed to go to Stratford and Neckles and the red places. It only stayed in the, the blue places. But uh, yeah, I used to go out. I got obviously been a local lad and my, my parents being West Indian and also we, there was a massive uh, West Indian family. And and, and uh, one, one occasion I got offered to go to play uh, in South Africa. Um, but I didn't know too much about apartheid then. And I just said to my dad, uh, they've offered me to go and play pre-season. Uh, and I was getting like nearly five grand, nearly 10 grand for going. And my dad just said no. And after that, I learned about it and took on took on what he said. And to, to this day, I'm so glad that I didn't go because of, of where I'm from and what I did. And I've had to come back and face it with, the, with my parents and everything. But... Uh, yeah, I'm a. Uh, you could say I'm, I'm one of them lads from the ghetto who, who, who love my roots, as they say. What are you up to these days, Dave? Are you involved in in the game? Or, or I mean, your Gary's is he still doing stuff for uh, the BBC up at Sunderland? Yeah, dude. I, I'm in a former place for uh, Coventry City. I'm on the committee there, and I do a lot of bit former players with uh, Man City. You know. Uh, like Derek Partridge, you might know, just passed away the other day. I do a lot of things with him and Eddie, Peter Barnes. We've we've got a wet, uh, WhatsApp app that we all stick, keep in touch with each other. Chappie, Asa, uh, Barnes, and I've gone on a few trips with the lads. So I'm always in touch with them and, and doing little things with them. And hopefully when, I, uh, when this lockdown's over, I'll be coming up to see a couple of games. So I'm still involved in the game and... In that, aspect, in that aspect, and I'm watching a lot of games because games have changed. And now with the, all this uh, uh, racism, uh, 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 which has raised its head, there's a lot of people coming up, coming forward about it, about racism. And to be honest with you, some of them don't know about racism because uh, they think they don't because it's, it's just happened the last five years or 10 years. But racism has gone on a lot longer before that than what they've done. You know, so... Um, I do do a few talks on it, but if they want to talk about racism and some of these players that they say they know about it, some of them don't know nothing. They hear about it, but they don't, they don't know nothing. 
I was going to say that to you, Dave. You know, you were playing during a time of, of um, you know, very difficult days when there wasn't very many players like yourself playing in the leagues. And, um, you know, I think that you've absolutely spearheaded, you know, the diversity in, in sport and in football. Um, and I just want to personally commend and, and thank you for, you know, whatever you might have been through. Hopefully nothing absolutely terrible. But, um, you know, and I, I think you've helped to forge the way forward. And, and I do think that Manchester City have been one of those teams, you know, including Alex Williams, that were quite early and quite open minded um, and were helping to forge the way. Um, and, um, you know, I just I personally want to, to, to thank you for being one of those players that have opened the doors for everybody these days. Yeah, that's that, that's very nice, because like the time when I was playing, I was playing at, uh, remember the Kipaks and a lot of uh, black uh, uh, West Indian people used to come and watch the games because I was playing. And then we moved on and then you had Alex and then you had Clive Wilson. And the other, because at the times when I was playing, I didn't have to be good. I had to be excellent to get in the team, never mind to get a, get a trial at Man City. Because there were, you know, not many of us around. And to, to make it at Man City, like I've uh, just previously said, I didn't have to be good. I had to be excellent. Uh, uh, and, and they always swapping and changing. And it was difficult because obviously coming from the ghetto, as, as they say, uh, it, it was hard at the time then. But... You know, you, you, uh, uh, broken a lot of doors down, and I like to think that I have paid the way for some of these players, and you know, the, the Alex Clive Wilsons and some of the players we've got now, because it was difficult times. But you know, I'm not going to go into that uh, at the time. It, and but I, I just, I just the point where I'm trying to make some of these players now are coming up about and speaking out about racism. When we've asked them to do it, because I, 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 I do a, a show racing the red card. Uh, and like that, when we've asked them to come out and speak about it, they haven't. And now because it's come to light, some of these players are coming out and saying, I've had that experience, I've had this experience. And, and some of them don't know the, the, the real experience. And when you have to play football and they're chucking bananas at you and you're on the football pitch and if you've had a bad game, you know, you can't go out, you can't do this. And, uh, and that's why that's racist. When you can't go out and you can't go anywhere with your girlfriend or you can't do this and you get picked on because you're in the, the, the light uh, and, and, and everything like that. And to, but now, it, hopefully it'll get better, but uh, we're here to talk about football than that. And uh, it's a sad day because we've got to beat against Man United and I hate it to this day. <laughs> I, I, this is how bad it is. I've just looked on, I played my first derby. I've just looked on it. 1979 against Man United on the 10th of no November at uh, Main Road. We beat them. One nil, was it one nil or two one? Michael Robinson scored, I think. Michael Robinson and uh, um, Maka, or, or, and we beat them one nil. And I got my first ever. Man of the match trophy, and I still got it to this day, uh, and it goes along with me FA Cup medal. That's how proud I am of being a, a, a Manchester City player uh, in my first derby against um, Man United. Piccadilly, Piccadilly Radio, give it me. <laughs> There's one for you. <laughs> That's how far it goes back. <laughs> I think this is this is the difference between having local and your proper local lad playing for your team you love. You know, it's it, it's it's a childhood dream to actually get to play for the team. I, I remember going watching you training 
uh, on Plot Lane. My, my grand lived on Thornton Road. So I used to go watching Train. Yours is one of... I, I, I could have got everybody's autographs, and for some reason, I've got two autographs out of all them years, and yours is one of them. I don't know if I'd be that horrible <laughs> way. I, I, used to, I used to go into the... I used to go into the, uh, the changing rooms before the game and get the match ball signed and stuff. So I could have had everybody's autograph, but it's, I think your, it was yours and... Um, is it Roger Palmer won it because he went, yeah, in. Roger, yeah, Roger Palmer. And it, it you, yeah. I got your two autographs, and I've kind of I've, I've everybody's I could have got it was yours and uh, Roger Palmer's. I think it's great, but just just a slight little bit of touch on the racism thing. I think city fans have this 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 great thing. I mean, I, I was brought up, um, I'm, I'm a local Adam of Failsworth lad, um, so to see to see black players playing for city. It was it was no different to me because we just used to stand on the terraces alongside you know we're in Moss Side for God's sake it was there was a lot of black people in Moss Side obviously so it was no different to us you were just you know another city player and the lads stuck next to us were city fans so it's had this really good effect on me that I I don't see the colour of people's skin I just see good and bad me and, and obviously you know I think the players like yourself playing for City. I think they've helped a lot of city fans and a lot of people see people in a different way. We just don't see colour. We just see good and bad. So I think, you know, it's players like you that you, you know, I'll take my hat off to you, mate, because, you know, the, the things I used to witness, as you say, people saying now oh, I've been racially abused and blah, blah, blah. The stuff that you, you know, I used to hear on the terraces and it, 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 it was shocking and people are shocked by what they hear now. It was nothing compared to what you guys put up with, mate. So I'll take my hat off to you, mate. Thank you. Well, uh, I don't think we can end uh, our podcast on a better note than than basically uh, having a loving now as to how good Dave was and how much I enjoyed watching him play. Because I can honestly say that he was he was one of those that FA Cup final. You know, I wanted you to start both games in '81. You know, and when when you were playing, I always felt there was a goal on the cards. You were one of them players that made things happen. And as I say, you, you played with a smile on your face. That's what football is. So it's, it's a pleasure. It's a joy that we're all part of. That we're all missing at the moment. And you were a big part of that so Dave thank you for, for for being part of it and thanks for being on our podcast today I really appreciate it yeah it's a welcome welcome it's just this it hurts you and it hurts me and it's nice to know that we still how important it is that we still have that uh, love of beating Man United <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> you know what I mean the back, like you say we won for 21 games but that big game is that one Man United, uh, and and that's what it's all about, and and it'll go on for many many years, and you know we'll, we'll, we still stay there, and but it's that one game in it, Man United. We've got to beat Man United. We'll get them next time. We're going to win the league anyway, so we'll get them next time. Um, Dave, thanks very much. Um, to everybody who's listening to this, thanks very much for, for downloading it, for subscribing. You know it's free. Thanks to charleslouis.co.uk, the Chartered Mortgage Advisors, which really thank them. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to Louisa. But most of all, and no offence to the other two, but most of all, thanks very much to Dave Bennett for being our special guest. And even on a day like today, when we've just watched our beloved Blues lose to the Red Enemy, <laughs> it's still great to be a Blue.